We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of Home Visit with Tyler Siski and the Associates. Joined, as always, by my man, DJ Elliott. DJ, how are we doing this morning? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic. You know, I've got, my IT, tell- I got my IT team in full effect here trying to get this thing to work this morning. That IT team is me and my lovely wife, and uh, she takes uh, orders really well. You know what I mean? So it's been a, it's been a, a pleasure this morning getting this thing going. Well, I actually saw what was occurring before we started taping, so you look like I, it looked like you were taking orders there for a second. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 everybody has to report to somebody, and you know, I have to, you know, I got to report to her. And I, I, I took a stern uh, criticism this morning about uh, getting my IT stuff prepared before the podcast. So. Yeah, I, I got the I got the same speech with Christmas decorations yesterday. So yeah, we, we all we all got answered to somebody. So I'm with you, boss. Oh, hey, uh, what a week college football! Huh? I, know. I mean, I know just the carnage started occurring, like we said it was going to happen. Um, yep, and the carnage is going to happen again this week. I know. Uh, but let, let's start with the uh, the Texas Longhorns and Kansas Jayhawks. Let's start, How about let's that? just go ahead and. Let's just go ahead and start there. Okay, so a lot of people may not realize, realize this, but Texas has a history of having problems with Kansas. Okay, so this isn't the first time that this has been an issue. In 2016, Kansas beat them, and then in 2019, they beat us on a last-second field goal in Austin. And so I saw this thing come into fruition. I was like, all right, you know, here it is again. Texas struggles with Kansas. But – the fact that Kansas went for two at the end of the game and was able to convert it with a walk-on that was his first play that he's ever played. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just a, a miracle story right there. You know, and one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about too is, is the self-inflicting wound that uh, Texas gave themselves right before uh, Kansas scored. So can't in the overtime, Texas, 
scores a touchdown, the, the receiver stands up and spins the football, which I don't know if that was the right call or not, but the official thought that it was excessive celebration. And so he gets a 15-yard penalty, and that is added on to the yardage for Kansas for their um, extra point, or not their extra point, for their overtime uh, opportunity to get a touchdown. So 15 yards, you know, in an, in an overtime situation big. Is, is big. So. Yeah, you know, I, I want to talk about – I mean, I want to talk about this. It, it came out last week um, after we taped, and unless you've been under a rock, I encourage everybody to go out. It's all over – you can find it anywhere on social media or the Internet. But there was a video taken after Texas's uh, Iowa State loss, which is the week before, that a player took of my man Bo Davis. I, I, I want to go – I will go ahead and make sure everybody knows this. I know Bo. We work together. I love Bo. Bo's one of my guys. Love him to death. Um, and he actually got – I was worried at first because he, he went on a tirade um, on the bus. And I, I can tell you because I've been there. I've, I've done the same tirade. I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and tell you. I bet you've done the same tirade. I think every coach that cares and is compassionate as a competitive person has probably had this tirade at some point in time. But there's nothing – Worse, I mean, probably the most pissed off I've ever been in my life was being on a bus or being with a team after we lose a game. And you get on the bus after going to the airport, you know, and obviously that's usually when it occurs when you're on the road. And there's people cutting up and laughing. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I could ever be more pissed than when that happens. I've done the exact same tirade. So have I. So have I. And I think anybody that's coached long enough in college football has had the exact same tirade. Yeah. Because everybody. Yeah. Because it it happens where somebody, uh, the loss doesn't hurt them. And, you know, your actions, you know, speak louder than your words. And if you're cutting up, you know, after a big time loss, okay, your, your perception is that this loss didn't bother me. Okay. Correct. Well, for somebody that puts so much into it, you know, especially the the coaches and most of the players, I mean, I mean, those coaches are up there every minute of every day, you know, away from their families and have moved a ton of times. Now they get compensated well, but you know what? They didn't get compensated well their entire careers. You know, people always say right. coaches should be treated like crap because of how much they're paid. You know what? Those guys had to grind it out and make zero money to get to where they're at. And think about how many moves they've made to get there. You know, and how many sacrifices their family make because they're not around. And so it's not just a game. It's those guys' careers. And it's when guys are cutting, it's not a game at all. And so when people are cutting up and laughing after a loss, I mean, the emotions that a coach feels right there, I mean, you got everything. You got your family in front of your face, okay? You got your, your whole career in front of your face. You got your, everything that you put into that. And you see people that don't care. I mean, you're going to react that way. I don't, I don't fault Bo Davis for reacting that way. What oh, bothers me is that what bothers me is that it was recorded. I mean, that's, that's, terrible. that's a problem. Yeah. That's, that's a that's serious a, problem. That's when you got a culture problem. And, and, right. and I'm going, I'm going to echo kind of what you said. You know, there's a reason that coaches say, and you, you ask any coach in America, do you hate losing or like winning more? You know, wh- wh- which one is it? And every single coach in America that you ask this question to, if they're honest with you, they hate losing more than they enjoy winning. Because when you win, 
And it's sad, but it is because it's the pressures involved with it. I mean, it's your, it's your paycheck. It's how you feed your family that's involved with this deal. It's almost like a relief when you win more than it is excitement that you won a game. It's more, it's more relief. Now, yes. do you get excited? Yes, you get excited, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, I get excited about wins when you win one that you're not supposed to win. Like if, you're, right. if, you, if you beat somebody you're not supposed to, that's when I got excited. But right. if you beat somebody that's you know even or close to even that you're supposed to be competing with, it's more relief. It's not a right. enjoyment of like, "Woo, we won." You don't get that. It's just a relief. Right. Um, but you know, and I, I want I want to tell a little story about this too. I, I wanted to talk about this because I wish this would have happened before last week's podcast. I know it's a week, but you got a culture problem when people are videoing and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll tell this story, uh, and we've actually talked about this game either last week, the week before last, whatever it was. But so when I was at Alabama and we lost the kick six game, okay, mm-hmm. we went and played Oklahoma. And let me, let me tell you, when you know you got the culture right, this is when you know you got the culture right. We went and played Oklahoma in the bowl game, okay. We it was like a it was a late game Sugar Bowl, you know, it was like the last bowl game of the day or whatever, but. So by the time you get done with media and all that stuff, it's when you're talking, it's 12, 30, 1 o'clock at night, whatever it is. So we come back to the hotel in New Orleans, which is unusual. Usually you fly home after the game, bowl game, you'll spend the night, right? Right. So we come back home, and when, we, when they parked the buses, we had this long walk, okay, down this back, uh, back they bring us in the back side of the hotel, it was this really long hallway that we all had to like walk down. You know, it was of room. There were rooms there, but we had to like walk all the way down this really long hallway and go. Well, I was standing. I was walking next to. Uh, I mean, it was a real somber mood. We got off the bus, obviously, and and I was walking next to Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Okay, so for those of you that don't know or don't remember, Ha Ha Clinton Dix was uh, a really good player, All American in Alabama, um, and I knew that that was going to be his last game. Okay, he was a junior. He was going to go in the draft, and he was going to be a first-round pick, which he was. Uh, but he, he was done. From with Orlando. He was from Orlando. From Orlando. He, was a, he was a baller. Yeah, from Orlando. And so his, his career is over with. Right. Okay, he's done. And he knows it. And I, and I literally I, I came up next to him. I gave him a hug, you know, put my arm around him, said, hey, man, I appreciate everything you did. Because I talked about how the motivation and practice and all that stuff uh, was different after we, after we had uh, lost the kick six game to play in the bowl game. But he wasn't one of the problems. He came out every day. Um, and I, I guess I can tell this, and I've been statute of limitations now, but, you know, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, the kick six week, he tore his meniscus at practice on Wednesday. Oh, wow. Of the Auburn game. Wow. He went, and you know what he did on, you know what he did on Saturday? What was he that? played. He played. How about that? Now, you tear your meniscus on Wednesday. He plays the kick six game. Wasn't great, mm-hmm. but he played. And then he went and had – now, this guy's going to be a first-round pick. Right. He went and had, it clean, had a meniscus surgery right after the Auburn game and turned around. You're going to be a first-round pick. And you know what he did in the Sugar Bowl? He played. How about that? So, he had surgery. and you know, I respect that. Right. Okay? I respect that. As a coach – when you're putting your when you're putting your livelihood on the line, and you got a guy that's competing like that and puts his and puts it on line for you, when he doesn't have to, the guy's gonna be a first round pick, right? Okay, the guy's gonna be a first round pick, and he was, and he's still playing. But 
We're walking down the hall, DJ, and somebody was cutting up in front of us when we got in the hallway, and he undressed them. As a player, he undressed right. the, the it was a, it was a young kid, but he undressed right. them. And when I'm, I mean, he got after their ass, and it basically told them that's not how we do shit around here. Right. And you know what? That's the difference between oh, yeah. winning and losing. Yeah, well, especially when you have a player. When the players police themselves, that's culture. That's when you have a culture. So right now, it sounds like Bo Davis has to be the policeman down there in Texas. You know what I mean? But and when he the is. players he's a ball. But when but when players police themselves, that's what the definition of culture is. And haha Clinton Dix, he knew the culture. And so when a young guy started cutting up, he was the policeman. Yeah. I mean he he's but that's one you know, and he said, you know, he's like, you know, he was going on his tirade, and y'all need to get in the portal. They do. They need to have – that's competitive character, man. I mean, that's yeah. competitive character. And if you don't have competitive character, you're not going, you're, you, you're not going to compete and win. And, yeah. uh, and I will tell you, I'll tell Texas fans this. I think they should be relieved. I think they should take a big sigh of relief because you know you got people inside your building that are going to get shit done. So right. there's no sense in panicking. Let them get their roster right. I'm just you got the, they got the right coaches. Let them let them get the roster right, and they'll be just fine. So yeah, we'll move on from that. But moving on to the first big carnage of the week, Oklahoma and Baylor. How about Oklahoma? That? We kind of saw this one coming, but go ahead. I'll let you go on this one. Excellent defensive game by Baylor. Um, I think Baylor. There's only been three teams in Lincoln Riley's career at Oklahoma or three games that his offense has been held under 300 yards, a total offense. And one of them was Baylor this year and Baylor last year. So Dave Aranda has held Oklahoma's offense under 300 yards twice. Um, And he's only been there two years. And Oklahoma's offense since Lincoln Riley has been there has only been held under 300 yards one more time. So kudos to Baylor and um, and their defensive staff and their defensive players for an excellent defensive game plan. There was a uh, there was a lot of controversy at the end of this game, and yes. I let me tell you something about Dave Randa. All right, this guy's a thinker. Okay, right. I want I want everybody to know how impressive this was. Okay, uh, or whoever had this because they this was something that was discussed before. The game, apparently. So, at the end of the game, Lincoln Riley was – I mean, it was nuts, okay? So, this whole thing got crazy, all right? So, if you didn't watch, at the end of the game, Dave Aranda and the clock's counting down, 10, 9, 8. The students, the whole fans getting ready to rush the field. It gets down – he calls a timeout with like one second or three seconds left or whatever it was. Well, the fans didn't know it. They rushed the field, okay? Lincoln Riley sends his guys into the locker room. He's pissed off because the clock stopped. He's pissed off at Randa, thinks he's run up the score because Baylor's up by 10, okay? Right. Take a knee, we're out of here. All right? So they get all the fans off, and he doesn't take a knee. He kicks a field goal. So now Lincoln's pissed that he's running the score up and all that, but Aranda's a thinker, okay? Right. Why is Dave Aranda a thinker, DJ? Because he realizes that there may be a three-way tie at the end of the season between Baylor – Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. And point differentiation is going to be the difference on which team gets into the Big 12 championship. 
And he kicks that field goal to win by more than 10 points. Because he lost by 10 points to Baylor. Correct. So he's now in the positive. So Yes, it's uh, Oklahoma State. Yes. I mean, look, I don't know who came up with it on Baylor's side. I, I'm sure it was maybe discussed. It had to be discussed at some point in time before the right. game. But that guy, I mean, like, that's impressive, okay, that, to have that kind of foresight to be going, okay, now look, because there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. We'll sit here right. and, and we can talk about craziness. But there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in order to get to this three-way tie. But to be thinking about that down the road uh, is pretty impressive. So kudos to them. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley lost. I mean, I don't know why there's no reason to get really upset about it. It's, it is what it is. And But, I mean, I get in the moment. Lincoln probably didn't think it. That tells you that Lincoln wasn't thinking about it. Oh, yeah. He was thinking about it. was. All right. He was trying to figure out how to win. Right. Exactly. Yeah, he was, he was trying to win a national championship. And it's really he impressive wasn't. that he was thinking about it because how much of us are just thinking about the next play? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to get through the next yeah. play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and you're right. Dave is a is a very calm uh, and collective and a, a cerebral person. And that's his personality. And one thing that I would say to fans and, and to even administrators that are going to look to hire coaches, trying to find a certain personality isn't necessarily my opinion what you should be looking for you should just be trying to find the right coach because there's a lot of different personalities that win you know and dave's personality he's a very intellect um calm and collective deep thinker and he's coaching within his personality and you probably remember getting this advice as a young coach and i did too and it was don't change your personality as a coach because it's unnatural you have to coach within your person, within your personality, and your personality. You have to find a way to win, and and Dave is doing that. I think that's you. You hit the nail on the head. You know the one. If I've heard it a thousand times, it seems like now, but uh, Coach Saban tells every assistant that leaves to take a head job when they they'll go in there. I mean, you have to when you're leaving to go right. take a head job. Coach, do you have any advice for me? I'm taking my first head coaching job. And the only advice he gives them is be your, don't try to be me, be yourself. Right. Don't try to be me, be yourself. And he gives that to every single assistant. And right. I've heard him say it, and he's told me the same thing. Don't be me, Right. be yourself. Right. So I think that's that's great advice. So, all right, DJ, I know you probably – I saw this on SportsCenter, so I, didn't, I was not watching the game. But did you see happen to see the ending of South Dakota – I versus did. South Dakota I did. On, I did on Sports Center. How about that? All right, we need to talk about this because we got coaches listening. Okay, yeah. so all right, we called this play airball. This was yeah. the play we called airball. We would get, we would get actually, we got in twelve personnel. We didn't have thirteen personnel to feel comfortable about, but we got in twelve personnel to do this, and we basically made a long. Uh, we put them in double wing, and then we had one receiver out wide, and then we'd bring our other receiver to the backside to try to keep backside leaker. But basically, what it, what air ball is is for the so the fans know is it, you're in a situation when usually you're on the plus side of your field, okay, around the forty, you know, thirty five to midfield. Let's call it that. And you don't want to punt. There's you know six we six seconds was our max. This is a this is a key stat. In this conversation, six seconds was our what we said we could kill. All right, you're too far away to take a safety. 
all right, and you guys fourth down and you got one play to run. It's a very situational thing. I think actually we ran it one time in a game. I couldn't remember when, but I think I have ran this play at least once. Um, but you put one receiver out wide, quarterback rolls out like a Hail Mary, you're blocking everybody, and then you hold it as long as you can, and then you basically you throw a punt, okay? You throw a punt out of bounds, right. okay? Well, the clock is not supposed to stop till the ball hits the ground or the crowd or whatever, right? So we always said six seconds. I'm giving my credit to my guy, Joey Jones, because I always said, we can not we can get away with like eight, can't we? He says, no, six is as, is as far as I'm <laughs> letting you call it, okay? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, but I was like, oh, we can get away with eight. Nope, six. Yeah. Six is the max. Now, I will say this. We would teach the guys, too, to help with protection, and I watched this clip like four times to see, and they wasn't mm-hmm. doing it. We would teach our guys just like you would on take a safety. Hold them. You hold yeah. the piss. I mean, I'm talking about you tackle the people that you're right. trying to block. You tackle them. Let right. them throw every holding call that you want to call because if they take the penalty, then you get to re-snap it. Right. They have to decline it. Okay, so you you hold literally every human being you can. Mm-hmm. All right, it's almost like you pick a guy out. This is my guy. I'm holding you. I'm tackling you, and they didn't. They just tried to block him, and so the guy got rushed a little bit. There was eight seconds or seven seconds. I can't remember, but the guy rolls out. He got rushed a little bit, and he he cuts it loose, and then he throw a high ball. He threw like a, a two ball, like a middle a middle laser right. ball, and it and it hits the crowd with one second, <laughs> and so there's one second left on the clock. <laughs> oh my! God. And so South Dakota gets oh, one play. Yeah. One play from like the 45, and the guy rolls out, throws a Hail Mary, bounces off, and they catch it. Walk it off with a Hail Mary after that. I mean, what an ending. What an ending. What an ending. I mean, uh, I mean, that's one for the record books, man. That you know, we talk about that's never happened. That we talk about um videos that are gonna be on teaching tapes for the next 20 years. That one's gonna be mm. on a teaching tape for the next 20 years for that play. You know, oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine, and I, I know everybody. I mean, we talked about that forever, and but they wasn't holding. So if you're trying to run off the clock, just tackle them. Yeah. Just tackle. I mean, like literally, I remember telling when we would coach this play up, and you know, you always did it. You know, during fall camp, and you were doing. You, we we would do it in our Friday walkthrough script. We would you know mix these. You know, you mix these situational plays in the game. You know, just you go over again. And I remember when you install it, you know, and we had to do it out of 12 personnel because, again, we didn't have 13 we could put out there. But uh, I tell my, my backside ex, I was like, look now, whoever comes off this edge, I want you to form tackle him. I said, I want a ga- gator roll and everything. And he looked at me like, what? It's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And to the point, I always said this too, I, on that backside edge, I don't know if I wouldn't put like a safety in it receiver, like, a, you know, as a special play, because you put right. receivers on Hail Mary. Right. You put a guy in there that's used to tackling somebody and just right. y'all tackle that guy or put linebackers in a tight end, <laughs> whatever it is, y'all tackle these guys. And, I mean, you're a legal number, put them in. Right. Let them tackle them. And, and then the same thing will take a safety and, and tackle them. And if they, if, they take the, if they take the penalty, then you get another snap. I just don't know why it's not, but anyway, uh, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere, and the the best part is I haven't called him yet. I'll call him today just because I know he watched it. Is you know we were all all the time trying to say our number was eight seconds. Mm-hmm. So somewhere, Joey Jones, like I told you, boys, six seconds was the number. I try to tell you, six. <laughs> he's still probably he's still probably saying it. But we 
I mean, it's, it's true. Good for him. So he had it. So, all right, moving on. We'll get to the SEC. Uh, had three pretty good games in the SEC this oh, week. Yeah. Georgia and Tennessee. Oh, yeah. How about that? How about that game? You know, it kind of happened like we thought it was going to happen, didn't it? It did. It did. You know, Tennessee came out um, and it had a good script. Firing. Firing. And, and, and scored and, uh, you know, was ahead early. But eventually, you know, Georgia settled in, got lined up, and then just turned into a, a dominant defense that they are. Um, I think that that style offense is tough to defend um, because if you can't simulate it in practice, you know, especially if your offense isn't running that type of up-tempo and, and you're not used to um, getting the call that fast and getting lined up that fast. But it's kind of like defending an option team. You know, option teams score yeah. on the first drive a lot. And the reason is, is because the defense is adjusting to the speed of the game. And as soon as they get their cleats in the ground and they get adjusted, then they can hold up. And that's kind of the same I felt like with Georgia versus Tennessee. Once they got their cleats in the ground, I felt like they could hold up in this game, and it ended like how we thought it would. I think you saw the same thing in the Ole Miss game too. You know, Ole Miss I was going to say and... that, but I was going to see wait for you to get to that. But you're right. A&M, yeah, we'll get but... to that game in a minute. But yeah, but A and M very similar. I mean, same yes. offense. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and I didn't know this till afterwards. I, ta- I talked to a buddy of mine last night uh, that's coaches at Georgia and. They were – it was a bad deal coming in now. They had eight guys out with a flu. I saw that. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of starters uh, yeah. didn't know it going in. Um, but it was like a – he says it, it was like a uh, – it was like a triage unit, you know, going in Friday. It was, it was a scary deal. I mean, it was – I saw They went that. to all these links to keep everybody separate and meals and their meetings. And it was it was kind of a crazy deal. But uh, flu bugs going around, man. It's not – you know, it's, it got Florida at South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but the flu, the flu bug is going around. Uh, we had actually, I mean, it's, I know a lot of people have been, been getting hit by the flu, but, uh, man, it was a scary deal. With the ha- and they had some key players out, by the way. Yeah. Georgia had some key players out, mm-hmm. and they really didn't cover it. They just said eight people had the flu. Right. Uh, there were some dudes missing, and you couldn't tell. I know. That's, That's- what's scary. That's when you stack rosters with recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class, no. and then you can't tell. You know, when I was at Florida State um, on that team that went on to win the 2013 National Championship, when we used to get up and we would put our backups in, it would get worse. You know, like, <laughs> like, like teams would be like, who the heck are these guys? You know, because they don't play and they're just as talented. So they would, like, come in just, you know, fired up and – and um and we would stone them worse as soon as we put our backups in. But that's when that's when you have recruiting class after recruiting class after recruiting class stacked up. So yeah, it was it, it was pretty impressive. And look, Tennessee, I'm tell you what now, and people can say what they want to. Uh, Tennessee's going to be just fine when they get their guys in there. And again, you say that, and they got to go through the recruiting sanctions and all that mess. Right, they're about to go through and all that, but. You know, he his roster is depleted with the portal and everything else that mm-hmm. happened. He had some guys stick around, but but nowhere near as talented as they've been in the past. And he's doing a great job. So kudos to him, those guys over at Tennessee. I yeah, still they're, think doing, they're doing a, good a great job. job. So yeah, they are. Um, it is what it is. Uh, the next one, this one, this one shocked me. Okay, mm-hmm. both ways. All right, so uh, Mississippi State and Auburn. Okay, um, I had a buddy of mine. 
texted me before the game, and he's like, you know, what do you think on the game? I said, look, I'm not betting this game. I said, but if I was betting it, I would take Mississippi State. That's yeah. what he texted me. And I texted him back. I said, if I, I, I'm not taking it, but I would have taken Mississippi State mm-hmm. plus. I think it was like five or five and a half, whatever it was. Um, but I said, I think it's going to be a close game, and Auburn may win, but it'd be close. Right. And then you look up and, like, literally I had, to, I had the game on one of my TVs off to the side, and I had the volume down. And I like looked over. It's like seven to nothing. I look over. It's a seven three. And it's like you know, then it's fourteen. Then it's twenty one. There's twenty. It's twenty eight to three. And then I get yeah. a text message from another buddy. Says, "Oh, good job picking Mississippi State plus five and a half. You know, <laughs> they're getting. You know, it's twenty twenty eight three. <laughs> yeah. They rolled off forty. Now I want you to think about this. Now in Jordan Hare Stadium, which is a tough place to play, I know. they Mississippi State rolled off. 40-4-0 unanswered points. It's crazy. Well, you it's know, insane. it's insane. It's it's literally insane. Like, you know, but we've talked about it. We've talked about it. If if you're running a pro style offense, you get down 28-3, you almost got no shot to come back. Right? But if you're if you have within your package plays that you've practiced a bunch that are equivalent to two minute plays, right? And you got a bunch of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's their whole offense. That's their whole offense. Then you got a shot to come back. I mean, you have the ability within your system to score and score fast. Now, did anybody think they would get 40 unanswered? No. Nobody thought they'd get 40 unanswered. <laughs> no. But there's always that chance. You know, when, when I was a D coordinator in the Pac-12 uh, with some of those teams, you know, if I got up big, I mean, I was like, do not relax, guys. Do not relax. Because the whole fourth quarter – is going to be two minute. The rest of the fourth quarter is going to be two minute. And then, if your if your offense isn't getting first downs and not eating clock, then you just had a whole quarter of two minute drill. You know what I'm saying? And um, anyway, it happened. It happened. Yeah, they scored forty it's on answer. Be, uh, it, I was I was impressed, man. I thought it was uh, it was. Uh, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, because I, I was like, I, again, I had it on like a uh, my other my other screen over here, and so yeah. I had the volume down. I was watching the other games, and I was like, I was, what's going on? I mean, it was just, I mean, I keep well, and up, it, and the scores changed, and everything else. So. And again, that you know, there's a lot of up tempo offenses, right? And there's a lot of spread offenses, but the majority of up tempo and spread offenses are still a fifty fifty run pass. You know, you play yeah. uh, Ole Miss or you play Tennessee. I mean, theirs is all a number count, right? So they're gonna right. they're gonna they're gonna run it so they can pass it, and the, and they're gonna run it so they get the numbers to pass it. You know what I mean? But Leach isn't that way. Leach is air raid. I mean, Leach can run up tempo two minute, and he'll have a ton of offensive plays that you can gain a lot of yards and not eat clock, and uh, that's yeah. the concern with him. And uh, Bo Nix is hurt. Yeah. Um, I'm sure by the time this comes out, I don't think it's public yet, but by the time this comes out, I'm sure it will be. Um, Bo Nix is hurt. I don't know. He may be done for the year um, from what I'm hearing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that for a fact. It's just what I'm hearing. Um, and that's going to change the rest of their season. Um, but, I mean, they did, they did have a good backup. They got a guy with experience back there. Yeah. Um, but he's got he's to gotta be um, – He's got to understand that. He's got to understand what the pocket is. He runs around a little bit too much for me. He's 
he tries to be Bo Nix without the without the swift of feet. So he gets he gets hit he gets hit a lot of times and doesn't do great doesn't do great things after when he tries to cut it loose. So we'll see on that. All right, moving on before we before we get into the good stuff, uh, moving on to uh, Ole Miss and Texas A and M. A little bit about what you talked about just a minute ago. Ole Miss came out hot. A uh, and M had to get the speed of the game down on defense, and then they started started playing defense um, right. against uh, Ole Miss. Uh, what's what's your takeaways from the game? I know you watched it. What's kind of your takeaways from the game? Well, uh, you know, you've said this before about Ole Miss. They sometimes they live by the sword and they die by the sword. And the fact that um, they were not kicking field goals and they were getting so many drives into the red zone almost hurt them. I mean, it was a game when it it it, it was a game when it shouldn't have been a game. Because they they continued not to kick uh, field goals down there in the red zone, and so they would drive, they beat up all that clock, they gain all those yards, and they would walk away with nothing. You know what I mean? And so this thing really, because of how much success they had early in the game on offense, could have gotten out of hand. Instead, it was it was a game. But I'm going to give kudos to the old ball coach Tyler Siski on this one. Because I'll get credit. You get credit on this because you okay. said that AM struggled against Arkansas and Arkansas runs the same defense as Ole Miss, and that you anticipated that AM would struggle on offense against Ole Miss because of that eight man drop style of defense. Now, we've seen teams in the past that have been able to attack it, and it started with the run game, right? It's, it started with an unbelievable run game. But and struggled against it, and they struggled against it against Arkansas too. Yeah, very, what a, I mean, uh, I got very similar takeaways than you, than you have in this game. I mean, it shouldn't even – Ole Miss dominated the football game. This shouldn't right. even have been a close football game. Right. It really shouldn't have. Um, I didn't know this guy, and I didn't know it going into the game. I, I didn't really talk to anybody over there. I probably should have, but I didn't know it going into the game. Ole Miss was healthy now, healthy as they've been in a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been weeks, and they and again, are they 100 percent healthy? No, but it's as healthy as they have been in a long time, and they're getting healthy at the right time of the year. Um, uh, Matt Corral seems to be doing better with the ankle; seems to be getting better. They had Drummond out there, and I will say this: and I, I told uh, some guys here we're talking about it. You know, I've coached receivers for a long time, and when you have a hamstring, you just don't recover in a week. And no, I, I really didn't expect, and you could see Drummond wasn't running. Um, you know, great, but he was running good enough. You know, same thing. Braylon Sanders wasn't running great. You know, they were definitely on. You know, had a were down a cylinder running, but you know they did some things. And, and Jerry Ely was healthy, and he ran the ball very hard. Um, and uh, Eli Acker got to give him credit. Came in. He, you know, he's I guess he's still considered a freshman from uh, here in Mississippi that we recruited for a long time. Came in and played right guard and did and held up and did a, did a great job. Uh, at right guard, um, it's just it's time for him to go. He's a talented kid. He's he's it's time for him to go. But um, long story short is Ole Miss dominated the game, and you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And and everybody, you know, at first you're like, well, if he just kicked field goals, this game would be over with, and it would have. Um, but I mean, that's what he's made his living doing all all year long. I mean, they're not as you know, it's what he's going to do, right. and. You know, if he if he would have uh, scored or got the first down or scored touchdowns, then nobody would be saying a word. 
Nobody right. would be. That's the that's the one part about coaching I hate. Mm-hmm. Is like when it doesn't work out, you're like, you should have kicked a field goal. If he would have scored a touchdown, not one word would be said about mm-hmm. the decision. You know, right. so you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So, but that's part of coaching like that. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? And if they hadn't been going for it on fourth down all this time, there'd be a lot more. There'd be a lot of games that they probably wouldn't be in. So I mean I think it all it all washes out at the end. Um, you're probably going to lose some games and you're going to probably win some games because you do it the other way. So I think it all washes out at the end. But I can't go on uh, without this game without talking about the defense, man. I mean probably the best defense of performance I've seen in years. You know it's been a while. Uh, and let me tell you who makes it go. And I can tell you this: if you're an Ole Miss fan listening. Springer makes it go. I mean, he does – he is instinctive. He's fearless. He will strike you. He's not the biggest guy, but he'll strike you. It's almost – and he's not – I'm not saying he's this player, but it's almost like when you're coaching against a honey badger. You know, a guy that's not overly impressive physically, but instinctively and fearless will throw it in there enough to where he may not make the tackle, but he's going to slow you down enough to get his buddies over there to help you. Um, but he is just a – he he makes it go, man. And then you got the Campbell kid inside who's a very instinctive player. Again, not the most talented kid you've ever seen, but he's an instinctive player that plays his guts out. Now we'll say when he went, when Springer went, and the Ole Miss fans need to know this too, when Springer went down, you know, they struggled on defense the whole year. And they get him back like mid year, they start playing better. When he gets in the game, when he comes to the defense after being hurt, they start playing better on defense. Mm-hmm. He goes out with targeting, okay? And which was like teach tape targeting. That's going to be on the officials. I mean, it was targeting. It was not a bad call. It was a legit call. Early in the third quarter, well, guess what happened? That's when A&M starts moving the ball a little bit. Um, But A&M, from an offensive standpoint, a lot of missed assignments up front. It's the same thing that happened against Arkansas. A lot of guys standing around blocking nobody. When you're you're a three-down front, okay, when you're going against a three-down front and you have offensive linemen that are looking around blocking nobody, that's usually not a good sign. Okay, um, and just blocking nobody, and then uh, Calzada, Jesus, <laughs> Christmas! I, I mean, this dude right here, they need to get. I mean, he he throws. He reminds me of Jake Coker. We had at Alabama. His we arm is Jake, so strong. We had Jake Coker at Florida State. Okay, yeah. So Jake, I had Jake yeah. since he was like fourteen years old, right? Yeah. So he was he was actually AJ's backup quarterback when I was a high school coach. Okay. All right, and then he came to Alabama when I was at Alabama at the end. So. Um, but Jake, the Calzada kid reminds me so much of Jake. And what I mean by that is this, is he's really late on making decisions, but he, he, he's counting on his arm strength, making up the difference. Okay. So instead of throwing the ball on time and taking a little, and taking a little bit off of it to make it a catchable ball, he waits till the guy's wide open or waits late and he tries to rocket it in there, you know, and put it in some bad windows and just... You know, the pick six late by A.J. Finley kind of opened the game up, but there were, I don't know how many, I mean, dangerous balls he was throwing. You know, he tried to force it in there to uh, Widemeyer and in bracket coverage one time. He got lucky that that didn't get picked. Yeah. I mean, he was he was just – but just rocketing the ball, man. Uh, but, but I mean, he's a freshman. You know, it'll, I think he'll get better just like Jack did as time went on. Um, and there's another guy that did that and is making a pretty good living. His name is Josh Allen. He does. He's got the same tendencies too, and he's, yeah. it worked out for him. So, 
Um, Wyoming Cowboy. Wyoming Cowboy. And he did the same thing. You know, he would yeah. wait till you got wide open, and then he'd just throw a rocket in there instead of mm-hmm. throwing it on time before the break. But uh, I was uh, – it was, was a great defensive performance. They deserve it. Uh, they did not – A&M didn't lose the game. A&M played well. I think Ole Miss won the game. I don't think this is a game that you go – well, A and M didn't play their best. No, they, they played. They played. They didn't do great on offense, but that's because Ole Miss caused those issues. You know, so I, I think Ole Miss wins the game. I think it's it was a great win for the uh, for them. All right, DJ. Before we get on to this week's uh, college football rankings, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the coaching carousel. So uh, we'll start off with you know last week we were talking. I said last week. I know there's there's two jobs that two big jobs that are coming open. They just haven't come open yet, uh, and it fell last night. The first one fell last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, Washington yeah. uh, losing uh, Jimmy Lake at uh, Washington uh, after being suspended for. I guess he was suspended for a week for um, putting his hands on a player. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he, 13 games he got to coach um, at, at Washington, and, and that job has come open. Uh, thoughts on that? You know, I think that um, – I think it's tough when you only get 13 games. I will give you that. I don't know the, the insides or the inner workings of that program of what's going on there to, to terminate a guy so early. I'm sure that, obviously, when you get suspended for a game for – putting your hands on a player then um that doesn't help that does not help and you know he just released his um uh, offensive coordinator a couple weeks before that and so it, it, you know there's this there's the signs of turmoil within the program but i don't know you know i don't know what exactly what the details of that i will tell you this i'm glad that uh washington decided to honor his contract because there were rumors that they were going to try to settle with him and they came out and said, no, we're not, we're not going to settle. We're, we're going to pay him everything that he's owed, which I think is the right thing to do. Yeah. That, that surprised me too, because I was told, I don't know, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? I told yeah. you off the air. Or I told you before it was before we taped last week. I know I told you, mm-hmm. I was told that uh, he was getting fired with calls. So yeah. that usually means when you hear that, that means they're not paying him. So that, right. that, that part, that part actually surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that happened. Uh, the other one that we talked about last week still has not happened. It is going to happen. Um, it's another big job coming open, um, and that job has already been filled, and people don't know it. It's crazy. So yeah. it's like you know the the uh, it's it's we should be like some kind of coaching news breaking thing because we probably know some things before <laughs> some other people. But, That's right. But I don't want I don't uh, I don't want to betray I don't want to betray. Uh, you know why we know so much. We, you know why we know so much, don't you? Because in our profession, there's only so many jobs, and if you yeah, need a job, yeah, if you need a job, you got to find out about it before it opens. So, if as a college coach, we have like a journalist skill set of getting information before it happens, and it's so that we can stay alive and we can find out where the jobs are before they open and try to get in on it. And any college coach, you know, he knows how to work the phones and find out information. <laughs> and you're right. Because of that skill set and our contacts, man, we probably could have some, you know, website where we could, we could really, you know, make some, make some hay with uh, the information that we know. 
Yeah, my man Scott Russell at Football Scoop's pretty good too, though. Oh, you're he, right. He, he, Scott does a good he's job, pretty good. and he's a former coach, so he knew that. Yeah, he he would he would hit me with um he would hit, <laughs> he would hit me sometimes at schools I've that I've been at you know over the years. I'm like, yeah. hey, uh, what are you hearing about such and such leaving and going here? I'm like, I just found out 13 seconds ago. How do you already know? I mean, he's good, <laughs> man. I mean, he's I know he he's good, but. Uh, actually, but since since we started taping this morning, FIU has opened or know, going to open. That. Butch Davis is going to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that had been going on for a while. Um, those rumblings have been out there for a while. But great ball coach, man. He's done, man. What he's done and and college coaching is is pretty impressive and a great guy. I've yeah. got a chance to meet him uh, several times. Uh, when he was out of it and I was at Alabama, he came up there a lot. Um, just a really good guy um, that I that I know that the Butch Davis I know I didn't I didn't have to he never cussed me out or got on to me so <laughs> I know he's a pretty intense guy but he uh, good for him I, know, I hope he goes he getting to go out on his own terms and and uh, happy for that and then there's gonna be um, I think that this is gonna be a big week I think there's there's a, I know there's this past week tons of rumblings about Florida. Mm-hmm. Tons of rumblings about Florida, especially. Uh, so he he fires and and I was I won't tell who I was texting with. Again, not watching the game. I don't know what game I was watching, but I was watching yeah. something else. I was not watching the Florida Sanford game. It I wasn't on my list it. of games to watch. I couldn't even get it. I yeah. was trying to find it. I couldn't even get it. Yeah, so you had to get on the app to get it. But um, so I'm watching the game or whatever, and and I yeah I saw like the cut ins that. It was, you know, Sanford scored a couple or whatever, but I didn't think anything about it. And then I started getting all these text messages like, where would Florida go to when they fire uh, fire Dan Mullen? I'm like, they're not going to fire Dan Mullen. Da, 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 da. I said, barring some meltdown, they're not going to fire him. They said, have you seen the score in Gainesville? I said, no. And they were up – at that time they were up like, you know, 21 points or something. And I was like, oh, I said, well, this is this would constitute a meltdown. But I, I want to give you my thoughts on Florida. Okay. Um, I've been asked 14 times in the last two days. I don't, I don't think he's going to lose his job. Now, could I be wrong? 100% could be wrong. Um, when you have to fire a guy that he's close to, in the middle of the season and you have to change coordinators and make changes. That's not something that Dan Mullen wanted to do. Um, That was a move that he was probably forced to make in order to keep his job. Okay. That's, that's clue one. Okay. That's clue one. That happens in college coaching every year. Uh, Clue two is, is he just signed a massive, like I think he's the third highest paid coach in the SEC. Mm -hmm. He signed a massive contract right before the start of the season. So getting rid of Dan Mullen right now would be very expensive. I'm talking about very expensive uh, to get rid of him right now. I don't think they make a move. I don't know. Maybe if they, you know, they got to play Florida State here in a few weeks, I think, right? Is it Florida State they play or Miami they play in a few weeks? Um, Regardless, they lose the in-state battle and it's bad. Okay. Yeah, they always play Florida but State. Florida State. Okay, I don't know why I get Miami confused. But I just – I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not – I don't think 
he's in danger. Do you? No, I don't think he's in danger. Um, I think I will say this. Dan Mullen didn't want to fire his D.C. in the middle of the year in fear of what happened this weekend. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, they got a lot worse on defense. And, you know, even if you're not playing good defense, you know, making a change in the middle of the season is really, really risky because now you're relying on people to be a coordinator that haven't had that role the entire season and something's giving somewhere. And there's always a chance that something like this game could happen. And I think that's why even if Dan Mullen was forced or was going to make a change of D coordinator, I would imagine he did not want to do it with games still left on the schedule because of what yeah, happened on Saturday. Yeah, because when things – and the fans need to know this too. When you make a change like that in the middle of the season, the reason you're having to make a change is because things aren't good. Your players are on a very fragile state as it is. Yeah. And so you got fragile mentality of players, and then the first thing that goes wrong, it just breaks the players. Correct. Um, the players don't believe in the whoever's calling the plays now, whatever. Now it could go the other way too. You could come out and have some success, and now they yeah. believe in the guy, um, which is why you see a lot of interim coaches get jobs is because now they they see, okay, we had change. Look at they believe in them, and in this inner belief of they can win right. now that they got change. It works both ways, but rarely does it stay the same. So. Um, you know, it's a very interesting point there. Uh, I, I do, like I said, there's one more big job I know for a fact that's coming open that's already really been filled. Um, unofficially, I guess is the right word. Um, and then uh, there, there is, and he may end up staying, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it. I'll be betraying confidences if I say this, but I will say, <laughs> I'll just let the fans know. I'll let you know when it happens. How about that? I'll let you know who it is, if and when it happens. There is a really big name. Okay, a real. I'll just say this. I'll leave it at this. There is a really big name that's been courted just about every year for the last four or five cycles. Okay, and this guy is notorious for like you know I'm not going anywhere. I mean, he has turned down like massive jobs, and all of a sudden this year for whatever reason, and his team is doing good, just like it does every year. He's talking to people. I'll tell you off the air, DJ. Blew my mind. I was like, I said, wait a minute, who? And it just it blew my mind. So um, I'll tell you off the air, DJ. But okay. he, he uh, it shocked me. I'll just leave it that. I'm shocked that yep. this guy's name, he is talking. He's talking. Right. Which he's never done before. He's talking to some schools. So anyway. All right, let's move on to uh, now that the, the fans are all pissed off now that I'm not telling anybody, but whatever. Y'all get over it. That's why you'll know, uh, get over it. Um, yeah. let's, let's, talk to, uh, let's talk a little college football playoff rankings. All righty. Okay. I'm ready. Um, do you want to go first? Because, like, I don't even know why we're even doing this because I know for a fact that when I got ranked, it's not going to be there. So, this is – we're about to have some more carnage this weekend. So, I'll let you go ahead and go first. Mine's pretty Mine's pretty simple. Mine's pretty simple, too. Obviously, Georgia, one. Uh, Alabama. Oh. It, yeah, I know. Alabama, <laughs> two. And then I've got Ohio State at three. I think Ohio State. Um, I know uh, that Oregon did beat them head-to-head. But, you know, I'm looking at it from a power ranking standpoint. And um, I All think right. Ohio State's the third-best team in the country right now, in my opinion. Okay. 
And then okay. I've got Oregon at four. I've got Cincinnati at five. And I got Michigan State at six. And, uh, and that's where I'm at right now. Now, the team that I would keep my eye on that may sneak into this thing, who's playing, Don't say it. playing really, really good football, is Oklahoma State. Don't say it. Okay, it's, you can say that one. Is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is playing. Nobody's watching their games lately but they're dominating and they just beat TCU 63 to something okay they they are they're number 3 defense in the country now okay so you got Wisconsin you got Georgia and then guess who you got you got Oklahoma State okay and you know this Oklahoma game you know i think it very easily could go in uh, Oklahoma State's favor and then that puts them into the uh, Big 12 championship game where they would play um, Baylor because of the tiebreaker. All right. And, yep. um, and uh, you know what? They, they may propel themselves into the top four. It's funny you say that. I, I actually looked at that uh, yesterday. I didn't put them in there yet, but I did. I do not disagree with you, DJ. Look, I, I think if you look at them, they got one loss. Okay, and they kind of got screwed a little bit yeah. on the one loss on the on a call um, on the road at Iowa State, which is a tough place to play. Um, but I agree with you; they've done nothing but really. Everybody kind of threw them away, you know what I mean? Right. Um, everybody kind of threw them away, and I just I think they're really good. I think they got um, I think they got a shot, and I'll explain to my why I think that here in just a minute. All right, DJ, mine's pretty simple. Um, Georgia, one. Alabama, two. And I don't think Alabama makes the playoff. That's just my opinion. Um, they may. I, the There's supposed to be some carnage. Alabama, I don't think Alabama can beat uh, Georgia right now. Um, I don't. Um, that gives them two losses. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoff, but they're in there right now. And I'll, The only way they can make it is if there's complete carnage and a two-loss team gets in, then I think they got a chance. Um, I got Oregon three. I don't think Oregon makes the playoff. I'm with you. I think Oregon's – Oregon can really – they've kind of changed who they are a little bit. It works for them. They're, they're winning games. But they're playing good defense, and they're running the football. They almost – shockingly, Mario Cristobal is the head coach, and uh, Moorhead is the offensive coordinator. But – they almost look like an SEC football team playing in the Pac-12. Right. It's what they – I mean, they, they, they lean on you. They got their mm -hmm. good – they're playing good up front. They are running the football at will out there. Right. Uh, I stayed up late and watched that game the other night. It was kind of – it was fun. But they got – they are actually road dogs this week. I don't know if you knew that or not. Against I, Utah. That's my money line. That's your money line. Um, the uh, the road dogs, but the problem with that game, which we can go ahead and Piece on it now. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But Oregon's going to have a tough time playing behind, from behind. They're going to have a tough time. So, if they get behind, yeah. it's, that's where they're going to struggle. I got Ohio State four only because Oregon beat them. I, I get the eye test. I, I do not disagree with you. Yeah. Um, I think I think if you just uh, power rank me right now, I think Ohio State's in. Ohio State's got a road to hoe too, though. Right. I think before – if Ohio State wins this thing out, which I expect they will – um, I think they're the number two seed going into the playoff. Um, 
I think that's pretty easy if they went out. If they lose a game, they're out. So it's it's pretty much it's win and number two or lose and you're not in. So that's that's right. kind of their road right now. All right, number five, I put Michigan State. Do I think Michigan State is going to be there at the end? No, I do not. Uh, Michigan State wins this weekend, pulls the big upset this weekend. They obviously have a great chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then the sixteen for me is Michigan. Okay, and the only reason they're there, again, if it was the eyeball test, did Michigan State beat Michigan? Yes. Uh, But Michigan had a lead and blew it. But Michigan's playing good football too. Uh, Michigan should be undefeated right now, to be honest with you. They gave that game away late against Michigan State. They played phenomenal this weekend against Penn State. Uh, Really controlled the game after the first quarter, just kind of took it over. Um, And I'm just refused, and I'll tell you, it's going to tick me off. and we'll talk about it a little bit because I picked the game. But Cincinnati and Notre Dame, don't, in my opinion, do not belong in the, in the college football playoff. They don't. Um, they're both living off – you know, Notre Dame loses to Cincinnati. Uh, and Cincinnati last week – we'll talk about that. I mean, I'm going to pick that game in a minute. We'll talk about it. But they, I'm, not, I'm not putting them in my top six because I, I don't believe they should be in the playoff. I believe Oklahoma State deserves a shot if they went out. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I think we're just going to have some carnage, so we're not going to have to worry about it. So uh, yeah. it's going to work itself out. It always does. To the point, I think we're looking at a situation being dead serious. I think you're looking at a situation where there could be possibly a two-loss team make the playoff this year. So if I, I had to, a long time ago. If I had to say which two teams would I put my money on that I would say most likely are going to be in the playoff, obviously Georgia. But number two for me, I'd say Ohio State. I'd say I would say most likely you're going to have Georgia and Ohio State in that playoff. Okay, agree. Then the next two teams to me is where there's really some give and take. You know, it's potluck, man. It's potluck. You know, after that, and I agree with you too. As this as this schedule plays out, because so many more tougher games on the schedule for these one loss teams towards the end of the year and championship games than there is on Cincinnati's schedule, that they're just going to continue to bump down. You know what I mean? Because there's so many high-profile games at the end of the schedule for all those other one-loss teams that Cincinnati doesn't have. And so I think with you, they're going to bump their way out just solely because of their schedule. Yeah, and, and let, me, let me talk a little bit about the Notre Dame thing, okay? I think Cincinnati bumping down is going to hurt them too. But, like, I pick Virginia. You know how I talk about I pick Virginia to beat yeah. Notre Dame this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I didn't know that the quarterback was going to be, you know, on neither did anybody else until like Friday. I mean, the quarterback doesn't even play for Virginia. Their best player doesn't play. Right. So they can't throw the ball. I mean, it was like, and, then, and the other guy in there, he he ain't the dude. They had a true freshman in there playing. He couldn't move the football. Right. And they still didn't put him away until late. I mean, I'm just yeah. like, I mean, you're playing a Virginia team that's like a six win or whatever it was, seven win Virginia team that's playing a uh, walk-on – I mean, not a walk-on, a true freshman quarterback that can't throw the, a ball for a lick, and that's what Virginia does. Um, that freaking line moved like 10 points before the start of the game. But anyway. You know what's um, kind of hurt Notre Dame? You know what's kind of hurt Notre Dame? Is that uh, agreement that they have with the ACC. So, you know, yeah. when, no- when Notre Dame signed uh, a contract with the ACC, they said, you know, we're going to – the ACC said, we're going to allow all your other sports to be ACC members – and you can keep your independence as football, and you can keep your contract with NBC, but you have to schedule, it's either five or six. You have to schedule five or six ACC games a year. So their schedule 
isn't as difficult as it used to be. You know, I mean, they used to have the upper echelon of the Big Ten was always in their schedule, right? And yep. then, and then, you know, they were trying to get the top teams from other leagues, and now they have to play five or six ACC teams, and the ACC is way down. I mean, you would have thought Notre Dame, Florida State would have been a big game, but Florida State's not the team they usually are. You know, right? So that's they played the Georgia issue. Tech this weekend. So yeah, they played Georgia Tech. They played North Carolina, Virginia. That's my point. Is usually yeah. before a couple of years ago, they wouldn't even be scheduling those teams. Yeah, they'd be playing Michigan. That I mean, yes, exactly. That's that, that's the game that have been good. I mean, if they'd yeah. beat Michigan, okay, let's have yes. a conversation. Right. Uh, but they wouldn't have. Michigan would kill them. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that's my that's my that's my uh, rankings. So there you go. And then uh, DJ. Yes. Do you know what time it is, my friend? It's pick time. It's pick time. Guess who's got the tee box this week? Oh, my gosh. That's that's sad if you got it. I got it. Okay. I got the tee box. I actually, that means I'm really Mr. doing 50, bad. Yeah, Mr. 50-50 is back. I was very – dude, I was close to having a great weekend. Same just here. Just so you know. I was close. I was close. So, same here. Um, New Mexico State. I told you I needed seven against New Mexico State against <laughs> Alabama. That's all I needed was seven. That's I knew that going into the game. I needed seven points. They got three. Yeah, and look, man, I knew it from the jump. So the reason I did that, Nick doesn't like running up the score. He was trying not to. He's trying not to. They were like, I mean, New Mexico State out there chunking the ball like running shoot days, man. Just run the football. Let's get this game over with. Right. Nick was not going to run the score up. Like, New Mexico State ran the score up on New Mexico State. So, um, but I needed seven points. I got three. Uh, needed seven. I actually needed like one more field goal, I think. But regardless, uh, that that didn't cover. It was close. It was like a point away or whatever it was. And then um, Miami and Florida State, my lock. I mean, yeah, Florida State at the very end of the game. I mean, that was that killed me. Yeah. Uh, so literally, last drive of the game got me on that game. And then uh, the other one I lost was uh, I don't remember what the other one I lost was. But anyway, I lost another close one like that, and I was just like, oh. Just maybe maybe nauseous, but anyway, I was close to a great weekend, but but I didn't. Oh, I know what it was. The other one was the Virginia Notre Dame game. Freaking quarterback doesn't even freaking play. I wouldn't even pick the game right. if I knew he wasn't gonna play. So whatever. All right, well, so I get to tee it up. Go ahead. You influenced me on the A and M game because you kept telling me Ole Miss was banged up, and then they, they get were banged up, but they they, they, they showed up and they wasn't banged up. They got some good tortoise. They <laughs> yes. got they had some good tortoise going over and. Oxford, yeah. Mississippi this week. So, uh, but it did go under, and uh, I hit that one. So I did hit the under. Oh. So that was good. Um, here we go. Start up. Pick one. Right. Guess go where ahead. I'm going. I don't know if I bet a. I don't know if I bet a Pac-12 game all year. All right. Okay. But got? I'm betting this one. I got UCLA mm-hmm. minus three against USC. All right, and I'm going to tell you about why. I think UCLA is, I mean, they're a good team, but Chip Kelly's fighting for his job. Okay, USC's, I mean, they're, they're checked out. They're last, they got COVIDed out last week. Yeah. I mean, these kids are already portaled. It's late November. They're looking, they're waiting. Look, and it's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. All these USC dudes, there's no coach. There's no coach. I'm portaled out. I'm looking, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm ready to go home. They're not going to be there, and Chip Kelly's fighting for his job. I got UCLA big over USC this week, and that's my lock. You know what? That's a good pick. I can see that too. 
it's a rivalry game too. And so you, yeah, and it, the first thing that goes wrong, those kids are they're out. I'm going US UCLA huge over over USC. Well, my first game is is um, Baylor at Kansas State, and this is the first one of the year. But this spread is even. I know. Yeah, spread's even. What am I missing? Uh, me too. So I'm taking Baylor. Scary. It's I'm scary. Taking I'm taking Baylor to win this game. I know, man. I looked at that. I was like, I felt so trapped that I didn't do it. And I'm with you. If it looks too good that the average fan could recognize, it's usually a trap game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's like my brother-in-law calls me and goes, hey, man, I got Purdue against Ohio State, man. It's a, it's a no-brainer. I said, I mean, to me, that one's a trap. I wouldn't bet that one to save my life. And I was right. You know what I mean? Ohio State ended up beating them by 28 points. But um, this one could possibly be a trap too. But, I mean, it's even. It's you know, just too I'm, good to be true, Coach. <laughs> it's, it's even. too good to be true. Uh, so yeah, I'm that taking, one shocks me. Yeah. Yes. I'm taking Baylor. Go ahead. Who you got? I, I, I agree with you. I, I wanted to take it. I was like, something's wrong. I, some, like, literally, I was, I was having Virginia Notre Dame flashbacks. I was like, somebody's out. I'm missing something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Exactly. So, all right. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm trying to change my uh, strategy here. I'm going my lock and my money line back to back. Okay. All right. So, my money line this week is the ULL fighting Raging Cajuns are on the road against the Liberty, Liberty Flames. And ULL is four and a half point dogs. I'm taking, I'm taking my money line. I'm taking ULL straight up to beat, to beat Liberty on the road. I mean, yeah. ULL has lost the first game of the year, and they haven't lost since. I mean, they've won what eight or nine in a row. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm rolling. And and uh, what Billy's going on down there is special. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job. Um, I got, I got ULL money line on the road against, uh, against Liberty. They find a way. All right. My second game is. Washington, um, I, I have a bunch of Pac-12 picks, by the way. Washington okay. at, at Colorado, and uh, Colorado's getting five and a half. And Washington doesn't have a coach. And so I'm taking the Colorado Buffaloes. Okay. Interesting. All right, I, I'm, I'm not staying away from this. I'm not. SMU is playing Cincinnati this weekend. Mm-hmm. SMU is getting 12 and a half points against Cincinnati. I'm taking SMU and 12 and a half points against Cincinnati. Look, I watched again. I watched the game. I hope it was a Friday night game. I hope the committee watched it. I want the fans, because if a Friday night you were at a high school game or if you're a coach and you were on the road, you know, whatever you're doing, let me tell you what happened Friday night. The, the score was it was a 10-point game with like a minute, two minutes to go in the game. And South Florida is driving. And they throw a pick, okay? So they're trying, to, they're trying to cut it to three, all right, late in the game, and they throw a pick. And what does – give Luke Fickle credit. What does he do? He scores on the very next play. Late in the game. He could have taken a knee and the game would have been over with. He would have won by ten points, but that's not what he did. He went mm-hmm. and scored and made it a 17-point game. So there was a 14-point swing there yep. that against a two-win South Florida team. Right. All right, they're playing SMU. SMU can score points. They can. Um, 12 and a half is a lot of points. They haven't lost by 12 and a half points combined in their losses this year. So if you added up all the, the points they lost by, it's not 12 and a half. I, I like 
SMU plus 12 and a half at Cincinnati. Well, Tyler, that's the same pick I have next. We're on the oh, same boy. boat there. So take it how you want it on that one. But uh, I agree with you. I got SMU 12 and a half. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. I know you probably going to – I bet you're going to go against me on this next one. I don't know. We haven't okay. talked. Michigan State is going into Columbus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big game. Probably the biggest game of the week. Okay. Michigan State is getting 19 and a half points, and I'm taking the Spartans. I'm taking Mel Tucker because – let me tell you what. Where I felt like they, they covered this week against Purdue. Um, but Purdue kind of did that to Purdue. They gave up a lot of big plays. And, look, Michigan State, uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. But I will tell you this. I just think they can run the football well enough to keep it under basically three scores or three touchdowns. I like Michigan State plus 19 and a half. Uh, apparently so does everybody else because this has already moved from like 20 and a half down to 19 and a half. So I'm going Michigan State plus 19 and a half against Ohio State. I'm not betting that game, but Ohio State scares me. <laughs> I, I don't bet Ohio State games very often. But the reason is is because you never know what team is going to show up. What you're gonna gonna, get. Yes. So I understand exactly everything you're saying, but Ohio State can score. And if they show up and they got that score machine working, that thing scares me. But I understand everything you're saying. Yeah, um, we're just to see. You know, the the thing that it was in, that's interesting to me is, uh, I mean, Purdue moved the football. I mean, Purdue. Yeah. It wasn't like if you watched look at the score. If you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the score, you'd be like, "Oh, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State blew them out." Ah, that wasn't the case. Um. I mean, Purdue turned the ball over. They did some, you know, stupid stuff. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I'm just going I – like, I like what Mel Tucker's doing. I think there could be a little look ahead here for, for Ohio State for what's coming next week. And, you know, they're going to have to – Ohio State's going to earn it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Because what, what it looks like now is they're, they're going to have to play Michigan State, Michigan, and probably Wisconsin. So they're, they're going to have to earn getting into the playoff. Yes. And uh, it's not going to be given to them. And they deserve it. Like right. I said, I, I think I think they win the game, but I mean they're going to earn it. They'll be the second best team in the country if that occurs. But yep. go ahead. Uh, I have Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Um, uh, Oklahoma State is is uh, getting ten and a half, or no, the Oklahoma State is negative ten and a half. And I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I think that they're going to beat them by more than ten and a half. DJ. Yes. We have the same pick. Oh no. Again, Oklahoma State minus 10 and a half. I'm really big on this time of the year on people that got something to play for versus people who don't. All right, Texas Tech got bowl eligible last week with a walk-off 63-yard field goal. Oh, how my awesome gosh. Was that? How incredible was that? How awesome was that? And, and I'm just – I'm so excited, man, for those kids. They've been through a lot. You got a coaching change. And, uh, and I, I – and – Look, I know the new, the new coach is a good dude, but I just hate it for, you know, Wells basically got him to where we wanted to go. And, you know, if, if like we talked about earlier, I think that's why, I co- guys, the only reason you can tell me that you get rid of coaches early in the season is because you know that if they win enough games, you can't make a change. And um, they probably wouldn't. If he walked it off and got bowl eligible with a 63-yard field goal, which they would have done anyway with, with Wells or without him, um, they'd had to keep him. So, 
But anyway, long story short is uh, they're eligible. I think they're going to have some uh, some relaxed some relaxed feelings, like it's not that big of a deal. We're bowl eligible. They're going to be a little flying a little high in Lubbock and Oklahoma State. They got to they got to go. They actually have a shot here, so they got to go. I think they blow the doors off of them. I think ten and a half is not even close to enough. I'm with you on that. Oklahoma State minus ten and a half. Go ahead, it's your turn. I'm taking as my money line. My lock is the Baylor Kansas State game, by the way. And my money line game is uh, Oregon versus Utah. Utah's favored by three, and I think Oregon or Oregon's going to win this game. Oof. DJ, I'm worried. This is this one worries me, man. This one worries me. Um, it's at Utah. If Utah get, let me tell you, the the formula for disaster for the Oregon Ducks. If you watch this game, the formula is if they they get behind early in this game, you know the emotions ride high or whatever it is, and and Utah gets gets going because Utah's playing good football right now. They are playing good, and they and, they, and they're playing really good at home. Um, you know, uh, if they get behind, I think Oregon's going to struggle to um, to play from behind. I just think they would. That's the formula for disaster. The formula for success is obviously if um, is if they uh, can get ahead and start grinding them out and, and leaning on them, low gravity on them. So that would be that's going to be interesting. And then here's the other thing you got to look at: they're going to play twice. Okay, so they're going to play now. Okay, um, even if Oregon wins, you got a, you got a, a tie with Arizona State um, in the South, and that's and that puts you know Utah beat them head to head. So you know they're going to have to play again. So it's it's going to be tough to beat somebody twice mm-hmm. in this in this matchup. I think. Right. Um, so can basically Oregon's got to run the table twice on these guys? Can they do it? So we'll see, but I think this is where your carnage starts in the playoff. But we'll see. We'll have a chance to we'll have a chance to figure it out here in about uh, five five or six days. Um, the funny thing was, I want to say this: my my original pick, okay, my original pick. I had to change it to the Oklahoma State one this morning uh, when I found out about Bo Nix. But this Auburn, this Auburn South Carolina spread was was at ten and a half, and this is before I knew but Bo Nix was done. Uh, it jumped quickly, quickly to seven uh, when it, I think the word's getting out that he's not playing. Uh, Auburn versus South Carolina. If it gets below seven, which I I would let this thing. If you're a betting person, I would let this thing roll out all the way till um, Saturday and let this line keep dropping and then take Auburn. I would. I think Auburn's still better in South Carolina, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Yeah. Um, Enough to wear. Now it's at South Carolina, tough place to play. But Auburn's been in those situations before. Um, I think you got it. Does everybody's going to say, "Well, they're going to be looking ahead." Well, Clemson's got. I mean, South Carolina's got Clemson next week. Auburn's got Alabama at home. It kind of changes the complexion of that game coming up. I was kind of excited to see the Bo Nix led Auburn Tigers play uh, Alabama, but that's not going to happen. Looks like so. It is what it is. And then I got one other thing. This is not college. I got one other thing that's kind of interesting here, DJ. Mm-hmm. You know. I like to play in the NFL. I like playing NFL games on Sunday. There is a trend going on in the NFL right now that just don't worry about, you know, if you don't look at the games, there's a trend going on in the NFL right now that's pretty impressive, okay? So this is what the trend is. So if you're, if you're a gambler, which if you're listening to this, you probably are, 
okay, at this point in time, you'd already turned it off. And if you bet on NFL games. So don't even worry about the lines. What you do is you take the teams who didn't cover the previous week versus a team that covered in the previous week. And this is the NFL, okay? How about that? So you're, you're taking a team that – you take the team that didn't cover the previous week versus the team that did cover. All right, so overall – this year, you would be 43-16-1 and one if you did that. You it's like made 70-something percent. Yeah, yesterday was 4-2. Yesterday was and two. How about that? And if, if it's a team that – if it's two teams that did cover or two teams that didn't cover, you don't bet it. You just don't play it. Yeah. So you take a team like yesterday, the only two teams that lost another Ravens on Thursday night lost against the Dolphins – and I can't remember the other one. It was the Ravens and um, somebody else. But anyway, it was four and two this week. But I mean, it's had six and zero weeks. It's had a seven and zero week, and it's only had one losing weekend the whole year. It was one and two was the only losing weekend. It's only had one losing weekend all year. That's pretty. That's pretty. And so, if you're a gambler, something to look at. You know, don't. I'm just telling you the facts. That's all I'm saying. Forty three, sixteen and one. <laughs> All right, so but it, it's been it's been good to me on Sundays, so um, it's it's pretty it's pretty good deal there. But hey, if you're listening, like we like we talk about always, make sure you subscribe, give us a thumb up, thumbs up. Since we guaranteed, since we we thought Texas A&M win, we should get all thumbs up by Ole Miss people. We guaranteed y'all win last week. Um, but make sure you subscribe, leave us a, our three star review. We love them. Uh, anything else to add there, DJ? No, that's it, man. Hey, I'll be coming from you live on location next Monday. Uh-oh. So, yeah, I'm fixing to do the uh, Clark Griswold uh, trip for Thanksgiving that I've missed out on the last 20-something years. So I'm getting uh, getting roped into it by the wife. See, I have a boss, too. That was my other thing. I have a boss, too. So I'm getting roped into the Clark Griswold and the uh, uh, going to see the family in South Carolina this week and then okay. to Nashville and back. So. Um, but until next time, DJ, guess what? Take care, man. We'll see you, brother. <laughs> see you, brother.